This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Tamarindo Podcast. I'm Brenda Gonzalez. And I'm Ana Sheila Victorino. This is the Latinx podcast where we discuss politics, pop culture, and how to balance it all con calma. Welcome to the show. On this episode of Tamarindo, it's our first one back from our summer break. Ana Sheila and I will catch up. We'll talk about what we did during our time off, including recapping on some awesome Mexico trips and also reflecting on the news and everything that's been going on in our community. But the best part about this episode is that we have Adriana Alejandre, who is a trauma psychotherapist and the founder of internationally recognized Latinx Therapy, which is a directory and bilingual podcast that destigmatizes mental health and provides education to combat the stigma through technology and mental health services. You'll hear a little bit more about Adriana on this episode shortly. Let's take it away. Welcome back, Tamarindo listeners. Hi, Brenda. I missed you. I missed you too, Ana Sheila. And we've missed all of you guys. Yes. What did you do? So uh, during the break, I was doing, I did a lot of Mexico time. So I I went, yes. So I went to a small town an hour away from Puerto Vallarta. And it was, it was exactly what I needed. Like, not all of it. It wasn't all glamorous. You disconnected in more ways than you wanted, probably. Yep. <laughs> didn't always have internet. Didn't have AC. And it was really, really hot. Um, yeah, what else? Kinda, oh, kinda oh like I didn't have room. a washing machine. So I was like oh. washing <laughs> washing my clothes in a, I guess what's called a pila. I didn't know that word before, but it's like an old school. You know, you know you, you've seen them? Like, you like when, when you think of washboard abs, you were literally using I, a washboard. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> So my workouts were all like using the things around the house. And it was like very, it was very humbling because that's how a lot of people, you know, still live. And a lot of people still wash their clothes that way. And it also reminded me, my mom, my mom used to um, wash my like shitty chonies, like like, my diapers. She used used to wash, (laughs) reuse, like wash them and reuse them. And so of course, of course, that's what you did back in the day. She wasn't using diapers. So (laughs) I was like, at least I didn't have to do that. Yes. You know, but it was it was perfect. Like I, you know, at, at moments I was lonely. And I feel like sometimes you have to be lonely. And it was it was just exactly what I needed. And it gave me a lot of clarity coming back, a lot of energy. And it was really special, you know, like like both of us are from Mexico, but we moved here very young. So oftentimes I feel like I'm like, we're I feel like I'm not really from Mexico and I'm not really from here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Look, I really feel that, you know? And so, but what was cool is that I really do feel like Mexico is in like in my heart and soul because I felt called to go to Mexico. And while I was there, they definitely, I felt like my ancestors were like welcoming, welcoming me there. Like there were different little things, like kind of magical things that happened while I was there that kind of helped remind me that I was taking care of and that I was there for a reason. 
And so that was that, that was very special. That's so sweet. And the, and to remind our listeners, if the, since we're t- we took this break, you you did that intentionally. You wanted to disconnect and kind of reconnect and be there and live in the elements, right? Well, not yeah. in the elements. I'm exaggerating, but you yeah, know, like, no, I mean, have that opportunity. To yeah, do that. I mean, like getting real. Um, I, I, you know, I lost a close family member recently. Uh, gone through a breakup recently. And our business was also struggling to make money. So it was a lot of things that were happening. And I was just getting called to go out and spend some time there. And and yeah. I love that. And then Mexico called again, right? Where were you this weekend? I was at Baja Beach Fest in Rosarito, <laughs> which is, I think, one of like the first like full like two day festivals that is just strictly urban Latino music. What was like what was like a, the, the standout artist that you were telling me about? Yeah, so I think so. Jay Valvin was was really good, but I expected Jay Valvin to be good just because he's been huge for a really long time now. But I was really impressed with Cardi B, just because. Oh, not Cardi B, the substitute. I'm sorry, I said Cardi. B. I can't believe I said Cardi B. <laughs> Beck, Becky G. I'm sure it works for <laughs> Becky G's favor that it's like Cardi B, Becky right, G. Right, Becky G. Yeah, so Becky G. Um, I heard about her a few years ago, but she's really developed a lot in her music and in her style. And she just actually performed. Like, whereas, like, a lot of reggaeton artists, they tend to just walk around and sing along to the, to the track she actually performed. And she, she gave a heartwarming, very heartwarming message, you know, talking about what I just shared about earlier, about how feeling like sometimes she wasn't, you know, Mexican enough or American enough and having that same kind of feeling like and and just really brought us together, like how we were all there. And no matter what we you know, we are who we are and just be and and, and we were also united by this love for this music. So it was a very special moment. I love that. And I especially love that because in this moment in time, we need to really treasure those valuable moments of joy. And and we're going to talk a little bit about that later on this episode. But I'll tell you what I did during my break. Yes. I was at the Unidos U.S. conference. Some of you all know that I work for a national Latino civil rights organization. While we were there, while at this la- largest gathering of Latino leaders coming together, Something very terrible happened for our, in our community. It was the, the, the El Paso shooting happened where a white supremacist deliberately targeted immigrants driving for hours, intentionally going to this beautiful community, which is the El Paso border community, to kill people that look just like me and you. And as if that wasn't enough, days later, the Trump administration conducted a workplace raid, disrupting the lives of 700 workers, separating families on the first day of school, and terrorizing our community. I don't know if you felt this, Anishela, but I personally felt a little bit uncomfortable as people were reacting to this, including people that are, you know, are my friends and people that are considered my allies. Yeah. They kind of kept saying things like, why don't they punish the people that hire the workers? And I don't know why that made me feel so uncomfortable. But a couple days later, attorney uh, Lida Garcia captured why this felt so bad for me. And what she said is that workplace raids shouldn't be happening, period. We can't raid our way into a functioning immigration system. And I had a chance to talk about a lot of this sort of stuff because of where I work. But then there's, but wait, there's more. The atrocities, there's more. Then this is all within like the same couple weeks. The um, Trump 
has this thing called public charge, so-called rule called public charge, where as Unidos US, where I work, they know that he's trying to achieve through the back door what he hasn't been able to sell to Congress. Basically, he's restricting legal immigration to America. With this new rule, people who have pathways to a green card today, so people that today have a pathway to citizenship, eventually can get a green card, eventually can become naturalized, they may no longer meet the administration's new income test once the rule goes into effect this fall. So this will impact Americans and green card holders who seek to reunite with a spouse or other eligible family members living abroad, as well as those living within the United States in mixed immigration status households, which is so many of our family members. What makes this rule particularly cruel is that it puts American children living in mixed immigration status households at the in the crosshairs, threatening to undercut their health and well-being. And you know how much we at Tamanido care about health and well-being so shit is fucked up (laughs) um and this is also part of just a broader strategy i mean all of this even going back to the el paso shooting this is all very strategic and fueled by this hate this white supremacy that's coming straight from the white house and it's been very very heavy on all of us and if you want to read a little bit more we're going to link in the show notes this awesome article by unidos us's senior policy advisor carlos guevara who's a good friend of mine he really really captured how this is very intentional so it's been absolutely very heavy and we 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 there's obviously a lot of joy to celebrate always on tamarindo and we've loved all your notes when you all write us reviews and you say how you appreciate that there's levity and we definitely strive for that but we just had to acknowledge we had to just acknowledge you, just you know what happened no ch- during our break <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's it's been ongoing but that's why we're so excited why are we so excited about this episode we're so excited because with everything that's going on it's especially timely and urgent to talk about mental health in the latinx community and we had a chance to interview adriana alejandra a superstar in the Latinx mental... Alejandre. Yes, Alejandra, 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 Triple A, which I just made up. Her name is so hope fun. We, we hope you like that, Adriana. Um, but anyway, she is a, ment- a Latinx mental health rock star, and we've been trying to get her ever since I joined Tamarino. I told Brenda we have to get her. So Adriana Alejandra is a trauma psychotherapist and founder of the internationally recognized Latinx Therapy a directory and bilingual podcast that destigmatizes mental health and provides education to combat the stigma through technology and mental health services. She is someone that I heard about a year ago. And like I said, I told Brenda, we got to get her on. She specializes in teen and adults who struggle with anxiety, PTSD, and traumas like mass shootings, homicide attempts, and other crimes at her own private practice. So very perfectly aligned with what's been happening in our community. We have a big matraca for Adriana and the work she is leading so you're really going to enjoy our chat with her. Yes, it's fantastic. And unfortunately, Anna Shayla was partying in Mexico and couldn't join me. I know, that makes me look so bad, but that's cool. But, but, but you did get to hear the, the interview. What were some of the things that you really are, um, that we should lift up for our listeners that they're about to hear? Yeah, so I was really sad that I missed the opportunity to, to actually meet with Adriana. But I, I really love that she broke down trauma as something that we all experience and that we all experience differently and something that we shouldn't be ashamed of because it's something that we all go through and something that we can all heal from. You know, every single person has experienced it and can benefit in some way from therapy. 
And for example, like I'm actually in the process of seeking a therapist myself because I've never worked with them and I know that it would be helpful. So I, it's so helpful to have a resource like Latinx therapy because you know that through that resource, you can find therapists that actually know what it's like to share some, to, to, you know, they, they have a sense of what your experience is like. And I think that's really helpful when you're, when you're going to therapy. For sure. And then the other thing that I love is that she, at, the, at the end of the interview, she actually talked about affirmations. And so for those listeners that are not familiar with affirmations, affirmations are simply statements that are designed to create self-change in the individual using them. So they may seem a little weird or cheesy to a lot of people at first, just as they were for me, but there's overwhelming evidence that they work. So our subconscious mind plays a big role in how we see and handle the world around us. So affirmations can actually have an effect on how we deal with things and have an effect on what we actually bring in to our lives. Yes, I actually have a note on that. So if, if you all were listening to Tamarindo for a while, you know that at their last episode, Anna Shayla had a reto for me, which was to write in a journal as a way to kind of combat the stress of the news. Of course, the news didn't get any better while we were on this break, as you just heard. But I have to say that, Anna Shayla, first of all, um, I took your advice and I actually got up every single morning before I opened my phone, before I did anything else, I wrote in my little journal and wrote like a positive thing, like something that I'm really grateful for. Mm -hmm. And I found that, by the way, I did it for 30 days straight. That's so impressive. You beat me for sure. (laughs) She won the reto, you guys. I'm going to give myself a matraca. (laughs) I did it for 30 days straight. And the reason I stopped was because I was in the middle of our conference and it just got really stressful. But immediately stopping, um, yes, the news also got really bad, but I felt like a heaviness. I felt my my law, my jaw, my not my law, my jaw lock. Like I actually felt the, the, the physical manifestation of not writing those affirmations mm. so i uh, we're that's why we're so excited that in this interview you're going to look listen to adriana talk a little bit about why that's so helpful and so important yeah and, so a quick just yeah, a quick ahead. note um on you know affirmations uh, so we're going to include a link in our show notes with everything that you need to know so that you can create your own unique affirmations and learn how and when to to use them we might also do a live follow-up where we we, where we walk through that as well but we just want to make sure that you guys know that we'll be including that because i think it's really important for us right now to have more resources to help us so that we don't kind of fall back into fear i feel like the last several years you know as latinos we've really you know stepped into our identity and been more comfortable being out in that identity and you know i would hate for us to start going into fear because of like the rhetoric and 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 the atrocities that are happening around us so i think that you know whatever resources that we can use to help us keep shining in in light of everything that's going on it's really important exactly and along the lines of keeping shining we also want to invite all of our listeners we are going to do the first maybe of several, but this will be our very first meetup where we're going to actually get together and do something, some physical activity. And we're going to, we're going to lead that. So it's going to be on September 14th from nine to 1030 in the morning. We're going to post this all on our social media and on our notes, but we're going to meet in Vista Hermosa Park, just outside of downtown LA. We're going to meet up. We're going to lead you through, through some exercises and just have some physical activity. This will be free. This is just for us to connect with all of you listeners. So that's what we have in store for all of you. But before we hear Adriana, we're going to take a little break.
In between episodes, Brenda and I did a little self-care and went to Sephora on a quest to find the perfect foundation. And if you know me, you know that I don't do that very often. But with over 3,000 shades, Sephora has foundation for everyone. And with their help, we did find our match. We sure did find our match. You know, my dad likes to talk about my skin color. He calls it piel canela. canela. Piel canela. But they don't actually have piel canela at a lot of stores. But, and I've never been able to really find the right match for me. But with Sephora's Color IQ technology... I actually was able to find the perfect match for my skin color, my undertone, and my skin type. Yes, I feel you, girl. I've also struggled with the same thing because I feel like I have like five different shades and it's constantly changing depending on the time of the year, you know? And so it was really great to have Sephora's in-store beauty advisor use a Color IQ advice against our skin to find our match in that exact moment and then have a helpful list of products that would work for each of us. I know, it was super, super cool. Yes, and you know, I like being able to select a product depending on the type of coverage that we like. So Anna Shayla, she's sporty, she's getting around, she's moving around. She is going to be using that tinted moisturizer for me. I like to use that full coverage foundation. So I love that we were able to find the precise color and the precise formula or like type of coverage that we wanted with the help of Sephora. It was awesome. Yeah. And for me, I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm a preguntona. And I also don't know a lot about makeup. And so I really enjoyed taking the time to ask the Sephora and Story Beauty Advisor for useful tips on how to use the foundation. Yeah, super cool. And um, I saw you asking so many questions and she was really patient with you. She was. <laughs> she was uh, super helpful. So, you know, and I actually learned a lot. You asked the questions, but I was like sitting there taking notes. So, for example, I knew that you, which I didn't know before, is you have to get those little sponge applicators wet before using. What? I had no idea. I have no idea. Or that you have to use, if you want like a more complete coverage, that's when the foundation brush comes in. The other thing I learned is that if you want your matte foundation to last all day, you use a little bit of powder. So no matter what the questions that we had, we had a lot of them, the Sephora staff made us feel comfortable. They let us ask all the questions we wanted, and they were there to make sure that we had all of our needs met for our skin type. It was so helpful. Brenda, you sound like a total makeup expert right now. <laughs> That's because I learned. <laughs> so all of you guys really have to experience this technology for yourself. With Color IQ technology, we both feel like now we know what products to choose. Yeah, and we were able to pick it up right there. So it was really a fun, engaging, and educational experience. So we want to encourage all of our listeners to stop by their local Sephora, and they're going to find the right products for you. So matraca for them. All right, so um, I'm so excited that you're here, Adriana Alejandre, <laughs> which is a really fun name to say. Um, so you're a trauma psychotherapist specializing in helping those who experience trauma, and including things like mass shootings. You know, that's a, definitely something traumatic. In our community, we just experienced El Paso, and many of us, I would include myself in this, you know, we're on edge, we're feeling anxious, and I don't think there's really that much coverage in the media about this trauma like the trauma that this is going to cause or is causing or has caused not only the victims that were wounded, but the El Paso community. And then because the nature of this incident specifically targeting the Latino community or, you know, Mexican Americans, 
the the extension, the trauma that we feel by extension, just being part of this community, where we're literally like the color of our skin makes us feel like we're a target. Can you kind of speak a little bit to that? Like, can you tell us a little bit what is this issue of trauma as it relates to mass shootings? And can you, in your response, tell us help our listeners understand? You know, what do we mean by trauma? Like, what does that mean even? Yeah. So I'll start there. You know, a trauma is something that is. It's very subjective because everybody experiences something differently. So essentially, in a nutshell, it's a negative experience that leaves someone with residual effects such as um, being hypervigilant, so kind of feeling a little bit more paranoid than what's normal for you, Um, losing sleep or sleeping too much or same with eating, um, not eating enough or uh, you're not functioning to your normal self. Mm -hmm. Um, You might be having more flashbacks Uh, You might be having more memories and difficulty concentrating because thoughts about that experience keep coming to your mind. The interesting thing about being human is that, Brenda, you and I um, could be, let's say, in a car accident. Mm -hmm. Let's say a fender bender. And for me, that could be a traumatic event. And I could be very impacted by that fender bender. But for you, it might not be that traumatizing. I see. So it's not universal. People experience mm-hmm. it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Or not at all. Yes. It seems exactly. Like yeah. So the just because, you know, you're in the same situation um, or incident, it doesn't mean that it's always going to be traumatizing. Now, the mass shooting is different because I think that that... Um, heightens the trauma on a different on many different levels it triggers so much within us yeah and this is actually um so many of us latinx individuals latinos all over the world are being impacted by it um we're all afraid yeah essentially yeah. It's more it seems such a, like to, to a grander scale than that fender bender that might have impacted those two people right this is it's in it's in the news. We're we're seeing it, even if we're not part of the El Paso community or we weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel, and I don't know if you might agree with this, but I feel like we're, the media is not quite capturing it. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, mass shootings are so common that another one, another mass shooting happened right after. And and yeah. what that caused is that I think there's a little bit of erasure about what the El Paso shooting meant in terms of a hate crime, like actually Mm -hmm. targeting Latinos. And so what is that? Like, do you sense like that's that this shooting was a little bit different? And, and are you seeing any rise in anxiety in the way that because the mass shooting is one of many things that our community is experiencing? Like, what is this Mm -hmm. moment in time mean for Latinos in the US? Yeah, this is a very, um, like, testing type of time of our own mental health because we are just we were targeted ultimately and like you said there is a rise in anxiety among all of us what I have seen is not just that but there's a rise in fear like people are afraid to walk out Um, people are afraid to be comfortable around other ethnicities even um, around other cultures people are afraid to speak Spanish right now Um, people have doubts about their themselves and where they're at in work, in school, you know, where they live. Um, there's a lot of just grief about the El Paso community. Also Gilroy, because it's still being yeah. um, 
they're still investigating whether that was a hate crime or not. But regardless, we lost our people there right, as right. well, like the children specifically. So um, there's there's all sorts of fear um, mm-hmm. that I am hearing from a lot of people. I've been in some circles where, where even other immigrants from other countries are afraid of li- living here, of walking up on the street because we just don't know anymore. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that's really, yeah, I, yeah, we all know that it's, it's definitely a uh, scary time right now, but this is why I think the work that you do is so important because you are one, one thing you're doing is you're helping to destigmatize mental health in the Latino community. Mm-hmm. And hopefully as we're experiencing this fear and anxiety, we're more willing to seek help that's out there. So tell us a little bit about Latinx therapy and and what motivated you to start that. Thank you. Yeah. So Latinx therapy is a global podcast and directory and network now and also counseling center now. That and what's is, that? Oh, you should podcast already. There's yeah. so many things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's so many things now. But essentially, we're a global podcast and directory that helps to bridge the gap of accessibility by providing um, bilingual mental health resources in various different platforms. So we use our social media platform. We use the podcast platform. And we created digitally the um, directory so that people don't have that much of trouble finding a Latinx therapist anymore. I, for one, as a therapist, was so frustrated um, when I started practicing on my own because I couldn't refer out the clients that were on my wait list to someone else easily because I there wasn't a hub for it. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't go to a link or an app and find a Latinx therapist or a Spanish-speaking therapist for them. Right. Mm-hmm. That frustrated me as a provider, you know, and I felt for my people. So I was like, I'm not waiting for anyone. I'm just creating this. I love that. I love that. So you found this gap in the community and, yeah. you, found this, and you found the solution and you're helping to build that, that directory and connecting people with folks. Yeah. And as you're saying this, I mean, I'm thinking about the times that I've, I've had therapists They've never looked like me. Mm-hmm. They, there is, and, and I can, um, especially now in this moment in time, how valuable it is to have someone that can truly understand my experience and walking in this country yeah. uh, with what our skin, you know, being comfortable with, their, with our skin and having someone that can understand that, that, uh, that experience. So that's wonderful. That's a great, that's great work that you do. And also I am um, inspired by the use of other platforms because it could be very inaccessible to mm-hmm. seek mental health because it's expensive or we were just talking a little bit about insurance being a mm-hmm. barrier for folks. So um, do you feel inspired or, or um, fortunate to have things like podcasts and other other tools that you've been leveraging to be able to, to reach more folks. Has that been helpful for you? Yeah, that's definitely been helpful for me, especially because practicing was so lonely. And now we have a community of Latinx therapists and psychologists. Um, we all come together. Um, people do their meetup events now because now they know where where the other therapists are at. And it just feels more closer knit to our people, even though, you know, this is a nationwide effort. So I, I feel very blessed to um, have all these individuals trust me and, you know, just come together ultimately and inspire me. Everyone, everyone, like the community, whether they're a therapist or not in our 
culture inspires me every single day. Um, so it's it's truly all a blessing. That's awesome. And so you're building this community of practice, right? Other practitioners coming together. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that maybe us that are not in this space wouldn't automatically know about? Like, what are some of the the challenges that Latinx therapists are experiencing and some of the ways that you all have overcome some of these barriers? Yeah, what a great question. Um, um, So like we were talking about the insurances earlier, as people of color and like anyone in the community truly that is Latino, we are caring for other people in our families, whether they are here in the United States, in a different state or in a different country. And we are helping them financially usually. Um, So one of the biggest barriers is insurance for us even. I know it is also for the community, but for us getting on insurance panels isn't that easy and then getting paid from them is also not that easy and I'm putting them on blast right now because yeah and what is an insurance panel because I'm like uh, this is all of them okay honestly like I I okay so I think Lyra has been the most easiest um process but it still takes like a couple months to get approved but the other ones the more common ones like Anthem, Beacon, um Cigna, uh, all, all the these are the ones here, at least in California, mm-hmm. because this is where we're, where I'm based out of and practice out of. But they haven't been that easy, and then their pay is also crap because mm. from that we also have to save thirty percent for taxes, and that's it's a big just, barrier for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a whole ordeal for us, um, but. We're, we're trying to make moves, you know, in that direction and trying to balance things out so that we can also be involved in, in um, creating more accessibility. So at my counseling center, we offer reduced rates. And that's great. Um, and we're working on that really, really hard to create more um, lower slots for our people that cannot afford, you know, private pay. Yeah, that's fascinating. So when you when you're talking about like this insurance panels. It means being able to get paid by insurers to provide the therapy, right? That's mm-hmm. what it means. Yeah. And and it's and I've heard this from other therapists too that it's extremely hard and that so most therapists have to basically do it private, right? Like they have mm-hmm. to have folks pay for the services. Um, so where can people find Latinx therapy and your your practice that you're opening up and or is open? Tell us yes. all about that. Yeah, yeah. So we just opened on August 1st in Burbank. Oh my gosh, yes, congratulations. Thank you. Um, Yeah, in Burbank, California. And the Latinx Therapy Wellness Center is a place where the community can come for counseling services and also receive online services. We're going to have support groups. We have like a free kids event on August 30th. It's a Friday um, where the psychologist that we have at the center will be doing bibliotherapy and teaching children about their feelings and mental health. And this is an event for low income children. I love this. Teaching kids about their feelings. I'm kind of bringing it back to where we started this conversation about our community feeling um, a little anxious and scared and and being targeted, frankly. Yeah. And and then thinking about young children and this idea to, to help them talk about their feelings. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about like how do we build a culture of starting as young with young children of a positive self-image when we're up against 
a president literally mm-hmm. from from the White House spewing hate and that you know coming through through media and the way we're represented in stories etc 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 how do we build a positive image about ourselves and you know what are some of the, the ways that you have cultivated that yeah I think you know what they want is for us not to shine and we have to always remember the ways that we do shine um and not being afraid of our own skin color out in public because fact is like what's going to happen is going to happen and um we cannot live in fear mm-hmm. ultimately mm-hmm. or else our quality of life is not going to be um happy like our quality of life is going to suffer mm-hmm. essentially so i i think that you know with the younger generation it's like teaching them how to claim space teaching them that they belong too mm-hmm. because that's what i've been noticing in other cultures is that the white parents teach their children you know that they belong everywhere and anywhere mm-hmm. and to not be afraid to voice out then I reflect back to my upbringing and my my friends because I grew up in a basically 99% Latino community right. and, and education system. And our parents, my parents specifically, I'll speak to that, taught me that I don't belong in many spaces. I can ask questions, but I should always be careful. Mm. And that led up to a lot of anxiety within me growing up. And I want to cut that for other generations because truly we belong in all spaces. We shouldn't be afraid of our own voice just because we're a minority. Um, So I, I want others to pay attention to the messages that they receive from their parents that kind of don't help to that kind of further stigmatize our skin, our being, and to start breaking them within their own households, whether it's through their own children or through their cousins, nieces, nephews, etc. I love that. I love that we belong. And what are some like quick things that folks can do? Like how could what could I do to tell a niece and nephew and make them feel empowered that they belong? And, and maybe what are some things that I should be sharing through our, my, like, I think one this is what comes to mind is I think sometimes we say a lot of things through social media, Facebook, et cetera. What are some positive things that we could be doing ourselves individually to kind of help cultivate that as well? I really like, you know, affirmations um, and telling yourself like, tu puedes or... Um, I am strong. I can do it. I, um, I am beautiful. I am me or just be. Mm-hmm. Um, so affirmations like that, but then also balancing those out with um, checking in with your feelings. Because when we tell ourselves like, tu puedes, and you push yourself through pain, I don't think that's necessarily healthy all the time because we always have to take a step back and just analyze, okay, how am I feeling in this environment? And what, where is it living in my body? And wherever it's living, take care of it. So if you feel weight on your chest, that's anxiety. Mm. And your feelings are messengers. And you have to listen to the messenger. Or else that negative state of being is going to be prolonged and you're going to live with it longer and longer and longer. So always tune into your your feelings and where it's at in your body. And if you need to put lotion there, yo, put lotion there. (laughs) You know, if you need to take a deep, deep breath, um, YouTube some diaphragmatic breathing, YouTube deep breathing, YouTube meditation, um, or ask a friend if they know how to take some, you know, body, um, body works class like Pilates, you know, but always work on your body. 
I love that. Okay, this is fantastic. Well, thank you so much for stopping by, Tamarindo. And I think you <laughs> the, the, you kind of left us with some positive things. You know, tú puedes, but check in with yourself and some suggestions on how we can do that. And again, where, where are the best places for people to keep up with you? Yes, so latinxtherapy.com is um, the hub where everything is at, all the bilingual resources to find a therapist, and our social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Latinx Therapy. On Facebook, it's Beautiful. with the space. And Brenda, thank you so much. You were actually one of my, your podcast, uh, uh, Tamarindo, was the inspiration blushing, as to guys, why, I start, yeah, <laughs> why I started Latinx Therapy. Oh my God, that's awesome. I loved your design. I loved, you know, just your episodes. And I'm just, this is like a dream come true for me. So oh thank God. you. <laughs> okay, we're so lucky to have you. Well, thank you so much. So much fun. Tamarindo Podcast is independently produced by Brenda Gonzalez and Ana Sheila Victorino with sound engineering by Jeff DeVoe. If you were a fan of the show, we hope you will rate and review Tamarindo on Apple Podcasts or share Tamarindo Podcast with a friend. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on the gram at Tamarindo Podcast or on Twitter at TamarindoCast and find us at TamarindoPodcast.com. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI, FPEI 220099.